You are about to witness a music podcast most foul. What you're about to hear is likely not safe for work. But if you're unperturbed by coarse language and sensitive content, you'll find yourself wrapped up in a world of music and mystery, the likes of which you've never heard before. Why don't you walk through the door and play our devious little game? Welcome, one and all, to Artificial Ghost Radio, a musical tour through the minds of our contestants. You spin me right around, baby. It's me, Miles. Uh, Like a record, baby, it's Jupiter. I never know what to do for the intro. Hey, (laughs) welcome to Artificial Ghost Radio, your Sisyphean musical recommendation challenge. I should... I, I, I feel like I need to clarify in the intro. I need to say, I need to not say musical. I need to say something else because musical is very specific. Hmm. Yes. What's another word for like musicality? I could just say music, Sisyphean music recommendation podcast. Yeah. Or whatever. I could. I can, I'll uh, fucking, next episode, it'll be better. Next intro, next episode, I'll get the intro good, I swear. What about, what about a song full? <laughs> I'm just gonna make up old English words. This is, this is your song full recommendation area. Area? 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 Huh? This is the area where the songs are full. Yeah, this is our... We're in, like, a museum tour. This, yeah. This is our song area. No, wait, it's like a smoking area. Please, no songs anywhere else. If you, <laughs> you, must, if you must sing, you need to go to the designated singing area. You go to the song area, and it is just so many people playing different songs on their phone with no headphones. I would have a breakdown if I were there. Oh, for sure. I would Im- I would leave the room, the building, and the universe for sure. Audio hell. Like I'm a very, I'm a very like audio sensitive person. Uh, it is like especially easy for me to get like really overwhelmed by like a lot of noise. But also, just like there are things that like it's just straight up. There are things that neurotypical people do that that they should not be okay with. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, like it feels to me that, like, having all this discordant noise, just, like, yelling over each other and, like, not making any sense of anything should not be something that neurotypical people are okay with, but apparently they super are. Yeah, you live like this. You, you live, live like, like this? this? Honestly. I saw a, a post somewhere uh, that was this, like... I feel bad for neurotypical people because they don't see the world how it truly is. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, hey, welcome to music. This is the podcast about it. This is music. This is now, music. Now, that's what this I is, call music. That's what I call music. 36. Only 36. Wow. How many, how many, that's what I call musics have there been? Okay, you make a guess. I'll look it up. Oh, okay, cool. Um. I'm going to say 116. It's 60. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now that's what I call music has released 60 albums since 1997, the year that we were born. The latest one released on the 16th of November, 2018. Oh, okay. I kind of thought that they were still going, like, even now. I also thought they were still going. Oh, wait. I clicked on it. I clicked on it. 
And uh, on like the, you know, like a, uh, the Wikipedia sort of entry came up and I clicked on it. And when it redirected me, that was under the New Zealand tab. So maybe there's oh. been 60 Oceania, like Ocean, I can't say Oceania, Oce- Ocean Zone, Australia and New Zealand. I think there's been 60 for us. I'm not sure. Okay. Now I might have been, I'm going to be real with you. Uh, in my head, I sort of like I conflate that's what I call music and kids bop. They sort of seem to be in the same ve- they might even be owned by the same company to be honest. It's yeah, like compilation CD. Yeah. Wait, okay, apparently in the United States there has been 74 albums. Oh, the latest okay. one was released in May of this year. What a time. Shit. So so wait, are the are the New Zealand ones like a different selection of songs? Oh yeah, because uh, in mean, that like- case, in that case, we should. Uh, and and they they in fact have them in in a lot of countries. So yeah. if if we are combining all of the different unique editions of that's what I call music from across all the different countries in which it appears, mm-hmm. I don't even know. Like that's pretty high up there. So the the Wikipedia page that I'm on says that there are 105. Oh, maybe you're further up than I am because I was just looking at the I was looking at Australia. In January 2020, Kids Bop announced that they would be doing a national tour. How'd that go? I wonder. Oh, I watch. Um, there's a YouTuber named uh, 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 Drew Gooden, and he tried uh-huh. to audition for Kids Bop, and I believe he saw them in concert, and he said it was okay. <laughs> Because the kids are good singers now, I think, apparently. It's just that- Wait, I'm sorry, is it- I'm sorry, hold on, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's what I heard from him. Stop. Are you telling me that the the kids in the kids' bop are the same kids across the different volumes? I mean, I assume they've changed kids over- once they stop being kids, they get new kids. It would be crazy if they were in their 30s and still called Kids Bob, though, wouldn't that's it? What, I'm going to be honest, that's what I thought you were implying. No, that would be great. Does anyone have that in their Twitter bio? Used to be a Kids Bob kid? What is a Kids Bob tour even like? Because. You're just playing other people's songs. Like, are the kids in the Kids Bob on, like, payroll? Like, what's. Like, they would have to be, right? Like, what's going yeah, on here? Yeah, I believe it goes. I mean, like, with all, like, underage like you know like acting and singing and stuff i believe it goes into an account like that the parents have but even still they shouldn't they probably shouldn't be shouldn't be like on a on a music tour right oh oh hard agree yes absolutely like that's touring is hard on full adults (laughs) like what they're children hey actually i'm sorry can i can i point out something really important on this wikipedia page actually Place. And I'm sorry, and we will get to the episode, but mm-hmm. will we? Mm. The Wikipedia page has the uh, the chart positions where the albums landed on the charts. Oof. There are there are some that landed surprisingly high, Oof. but okay. So there's the U.S. charts, and then and I was not aware of this. There's the U.S. Kids charts. There's a U.S. Kids chart that is specifically for children's music. That's not worthy of a chart. <laughs> now, here's what I will say about it, is that uh, since <laughs> since since Kidsbop came on the market in 2001, they have ranked number one on the US Kids chart every single year until 2019, except for two years. Was it Baby Shark in that 2019? Uh, no. It was yeah. uh, in 2006 and 2007, Kids mm-hmm. Bop 9 and Kids Bop 12 ranked number two. Okay. But on every single other occasion, Kids Bop has ranked number one. And it feels like the game has been fucking rigged. Yeah, because all other kids' music is like... A, a, a covers of like the wheels on the bus go round and round. It's not a, a, exactly an equal competition. I who's competing with kids, Bob? 
I, I, I'm desperately trying to find... <laughs> We're evil kids, Bob. <laughs> I'm desperately trying to... Okay, hold on, hold on, we hold on. We put more swears in it. <laughs> okay, uh, I can... I'm on the Billboard website. I'm putting oh. in the specific date Dear. of... Of um, Kids Bop 9 to find out what was number one, what could oh, have possibly... Yes. yes, yes, yes. What could have possibly beat out Kids Bop number six. I do want to know. So it looks like it was the soundtrack to the Cheetah Girls 2. Oh, that's so good! On their kids' chart. I mean, yeah, I guess. I'm... I'm so... No, okay, actually, Wild. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wild. I'm sorry. That was in September of 2006, but uh, but we're supposed to be looking at February of 2006. Don't ah, get it twisted. Yes. Sorry, sorry. Hold on. Hold on. I'm so sorry. It was the High School Musical soundtrack. Yes, of course it was. Ooh. Ooh, the champion rises from the ashes. <laughs> there, it, there it fucking is. There it fucking Dark is. Horse. Oh, yes, that's delicious. Oh, my God. Uh, if you're, if you're curious, uh, right now, this week, this current week, the number one kids soundtrack, uh, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, album, but I should, it's soundtrack is appropriate because it's the Trolls World Tour soundtrack. Uh, of course it is, of course it is. Naturally. Oh, naturally, yeah. Naturally, naturally. Uh, and, and the other time that Kids Bop fell out of favor and dropped to number two was in 2007. And it was the Hannah Montana TV soundtrack. Yes! Yes! Yes, Hannah! You did it! That's what I'm talking about. All right. All right, we've been talking about this for 15 minutes. But we 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 genuinely learned a lot, I feel like. <laughs> I, yes, I've learned that um, the only thing that can finally defeat Kids Bop is uh, Disney Channel Originals. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Corporation versus corporation. <laughs> Fight. God. I feel like Banksy would make a like uh Mortal Kombat ripoff and it's just uh different corporations that fight each other. Oh, it it would be corporate combat. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Banksy. Banksy got corporate combat with a K! <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> So this episode's theme <laughs> is not kids pop, surprisingly. But are we? Hey, uh, how many? How many years down the line? And I say years. How many years down the line do you think it will take for us to do a theme that is kids pop? Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, four weeks. Sorry. <laughs> when I get my next chance. <laughs> hey, Miles. What's the theme? So the theme is broadly, I can't remember my exact wording, but songs to roller skate to in a homosexual manner. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's implied yeah. already, but I figured I'd make it explicit. Yeah. The roller skating is inherently gay, but. Incredi incredibly gay roller derby songs. Yeah, it's for the girls and the gays, that's it. Yeah. You know, my favorite thing about roller skates is that like thing that I'm pretty sure everyone's seen and read but i want to just say it for the posterity of the podcast because i think it's great just in case there's one person listening that doesn't know it the like dude that invented roller skates joseph merlin what a great last name by the way in 1760 attended a masquerade party with fucking roller skates strapped in playing a violin and then just crashed directly into a floor to ceiling length mirror <laughs> <laughs> That's how roller skates were introduced to the world. Oh my god. It's so fu- Okay, can we, actually, can we talk about- That's incredibly good. Mm -hmm. Can we also talk- Can we fast forward to, like, modern day skating, just for a second? Mm -hmm. Because roller skate culture and skateboard culture went in such different directions. Oh yeah, two paths in the wood diverged. For sure. Like- the outfit when it comes to like skateboards is you got to be wearing like you know jeans. Yeah. For ro for roller skates, it's always shorts. Yeah, you have to like free up. Mo it's more like I think it's because roller skates are more like dancey. It's more like you can have a bit more movement because you have like mm -hmm. 
to like instead of having one board like you can't split it in half <laughs> some boards you can but only once um <laughs> snaps the skateboard in half duct tapes him onto my feet goes to the skate park what's up fuckers <laughs> i came to grind yeah yeah uh, but it is, like, it's so two paths diverge. It's, like, you know, punk, crusty, gross, weed, teen boy, drinking energy drinks, homoeroticism, also graffiti. That's sort of, like, you know, pun- punky uh, subtext. More scar adjacent, I guess. Uh, and then, yeah, roller skating is, like, it's for the girls and the gays. That's it. That's it. I, I like, if, here's the, here's the, here's the real shit. If you're on wheels and it's not a car or a bike it's gay culture including scooters including scooters explicitly but not but not mopeds sometimes mopeds mopeds are for macklemore <laughs> sure it's a macklemore song i'm sure it is oh and also the fucking hoverboards and the um uh segways are not included also <laughs> Hoverboards are for um out of touch <laughs> millennials. Segways are for the most perverted CEOs. Yeah, for real. Like, can you genuinely believe that anyone looked at a Segway and was like, "This is a good idea. This is safe and makes me look cool and is efficient." <laughs> That's what they said. It looks. It makes you look like a super villain. Yeah. Yeah. You look like um a a like cartoon rich person strolling around in your Segway, laughing at like the poor people around you. Segways are for businessmen who want to prove that they're richer than you, but also still like be able to tell you about how good a Segway is. Yeah, you know. Yeah. They want to be able to they want to be able to drink their coffee on their way to work and only crash 30% of the time. Yeah. God. I'm just thinking about like the worst person that rides a Segway to work. I feel like no like after Segways came out, no one's used a Segway <laughs> except for like people on Segway tours, which are also very strange. Well, that's because you and I don't go to business parks. Yeah, we don't go to business boy zones. No. I don't no. I don't want you, I don't want to be around those fucking geeks. <laughs> No, I mean, here's the here's the actual truth of it is that I could fucking uh pick up their Segway and just sort of swing at a crowd of them like in Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> you really could. But that's why you get a skateboard. Skateboard is like it's a weapon immediately. It's for light, sure. You pick it up, whack, you're done. Mm-hmm. That's the advantage of a roller skates. You have to take it off unless you kick, but also you'll be unstable if you kick. It's hard. See, this is why the ultimate weapon is a skateboard made of crowbars. God, you're so smart. <laughs> God, you're fucking smart. Thank you. Yeah. So. Hey, Miles, what's your song? <laughs> so I need to roll a dice because I can't decide. What? Come on. One to three, I'm doing one. And then four to six, I'm doing the other. You see, are you okay? This is how I live my life. Don't judge me. I got a four. That means I'm doing I'm doing the hyper pop one. <laughs> Thank God. Is. All right. There it is. So uh, I chose the song for its skating potential. Uh, Hello Kitty by Slater. Now, you've been really on a Slater kick recently. Yeah, I like Slater. You've been you've been uh, pretty, pretty consistently uh, talking about Slater recently. I'm saying this in an incredulous way, but I don't have any. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what the implication is, really. (laughs) Sir Miles, (laughs) you've been into this artist recently. (laughs) Miles, I notice you've been, I notice you've been watching a lot of Dimension 20 recently. Hmm. (laughs) Could you perhaps enjoy it? (laughs) Could you perhaps. Like a thing? Hmm. <laughs> Never heard of it. Suspicious. Uh, I'll have to tell. I'll have to tell all the boys. <gasps> Not the boys. I'll have to tell all the boys by the yard. <laughs> Why are there so many boys in the yard? They're each individually eating blades of grass, <laughs> one at a time. <laughs> I love men. They're so stupid. 
(laughs) (laughs) They've just sort of heard it around. They're They're grazing. grazing. (laughs) 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 All right, let's listen to this fucking song. Let's listen to this fucking song. All right, let's, you know, make sure to close your eyes and imagine the roller rink, but. (laughs) Right, yeah, that's the reminder. That's reminder. <laughs> Close your eyes and think of the eighties. So, so, what'd you think? I really liked it. I, I, I really do like Slater's music whenever they pop up. I haven't really um uh, fucked around with them too hard. But okay, here's what I will say. Here's what I love about hyperpop as a genre is that it is like the genre that's that at least like in like a lot of the music that I've seen come out of it so far is like the most artificial, but yet the most sincere. Mm, yeah. And I feel like it, it like, it's it sort of like, it feels like hyperpop is doing what like vaporwave was trying to do. You know what I mean? Mm, I, th- I like that take a lot. I th- yeah, because like vaporwave sort of went this like um taking it to like an eighties sort of like vintage direction. I bet it sort of all sounded a bit same same. Mm-hmm. I I like hyperpop's direction. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel like like hyperpop is a really exciting new genre that I'm I'm really enjoying uh, exploring and listening to. Yeah, I feel like just based on our the two of our tendencies that this is sort of going to become this is like we're we're approaching the hyper pop era of this show <laughs> coming into yeah I getcha it's uh I I think that the reason why I like hyper pop and these sorts of like there are a few like different terms that sort of like fit within this genre. I like it, like, scene core, I really like. I like it because it feels like the death of cringe culture to me. Because I love when people embrace, like, yeah, I fucking like it. Suck my dick. Yeah. Yeah. I love this thing. Of course I'm going to sing about it. And it's, like, it's that sort of, like, like, I love, um, especially women that, like, embrace that, like, I love pink. I love sleeping with people. I love having a good time. I'm not going to fucking apologize for that. I'm living my best truth. It's just sure. unapologetically wonderful to me. Yeah, I, I, I definitely feel that. I, I also like that's not necessarily what I go to hyperpop for is like that, like pink girly, like you know, like sexual area of hyperpop. But mm-hmm. that's just because I am not a horny person, even a little bit. Yes, but that's okay because guess what? Hyperpop is still there for me. <laughs> Yeah, what a diverse genre. Yeah. It's fantastic. Even then, like, you're fully right. Like, having a avenue to, like, I I might be wrong, but it does really feel like hyperpop as a genre is being led primarily by, like, women and queer people. And it just, it just feels like a very, like, fun, like, safe genre. Yeah. You know what I mean? A safe place to express all of your, like, quote-unquote, like, weird or, like, perceived as weird interests. Like, it's just great. I don't know. And it's, like, very much born out of, like, SoundCloud sharing. Like, it's definitely that kind of, like, like, there's also SoundCloud rapping, there's also hyperpop. Like, it's very, like, within that genre. It's, like, like so many, like, for a while, like, that's actually a very good point, because, like, in, uh... For a very long time, like, and the scene has, the SoundCloud scene has sort of died down yeah. a lot because SoundCloud itself has sort of not been yeah. very supportive of yeah. its artists. But, uh, for a very long time, SoundCloud was like, like, a, where a lot of like, a, a very experimental, like, electronic, I don't even know that songs is appropriate, but like moments and ideas. 
soundscapes. Right. Of just like, and a lot of it was like meme music Mm -hmm. coming from the lineage of like YouTube poops Mm -hmm. of mashing together random sound clips from different media sources and remix it remixing it together in a like interesting way that like had no illusions of being music but was just fun and then i feel like that sort of like idea has sort of evolved more fully um and i I feel like hyperpop is like a lot of those people who were involved with that or enjoyed that style just admitting that like hey guess what this can be just straight up like i can just admit that i like this yeah and it's sound and like i i guess i i understand that it sounds abrasive perhaps mm-hmm. but it is still enjoyable it is still musical it is still like interesting and worth listening to yeah absolutely Completely. Um, and, and especially like, because open source, like program, uh, uh, websites like, you know, Bandcamp or SoundCloud, stuff like that, because it's easy and accessible to like put your things out there. It's, it mm-hmm. gives way for like a lot of minorities and people who might not have like, or even like people who maybe don't have the energy to put out like albums after albums by like signing with a company or something like that like it really is like this is just something small and i would like to put it out there like this isn't finished but people might like to hear it or like this is a genre that people don't really like (laughs) but i really want to put it out there and it's nice i i hate when people criticize like internet music like people that like primarily like put their music out on the internet because like it's accessible it's the best way to get your stuff out there if you're any way alternative and i think it sounds mm. really cool <laughs> like yeah it's great i love it i think the internet's great you know i'll be the first one to say it sometimes the internet does cool things <laughs> the internet uh, can be great it can it it depends is, where you it are it is not always no well. hey um hey uh, can i ask you a question mm-hmm. how does this song relate to the theme <laughs> we haven't talked about it at all yeah um, I just think, like, my memories of going to the roller disco, and by the way, I can't roller skate, I always had a scooter, uh, scooting around the roller disco <laughs> is that it was always something poppy and very fun and, you know, like, it's classic. Uh, and it really, listening to this song and thinking about, like, those memories... I miss being able to do something just so simple as like scooting around with my friends and uh, listening to pop music and listening to this song made me think of those sorts of memories. And I just think it's like a, it's a good BPM, I think, for roller skating. Yeah. It's home of sexual. When this came up, cause like I didn't know about Slater, uh, and it came up in like a, um, maybe a Spotify mix or something like that. Something like that. Uh, And I wasn't paying attention to like the title or anything. And I was just listening to it. And I was like, oh, is this a gay song? That's fun. (laughs) And then it got to the verses just Hello Kitty 300 times. And I was like, oh, this is about Hello Kitty. (laughs) We love that. Uh, Slater is bisexual, but you know, this isn't, this is about Hello Kitty. This is about our little cat girl. Yeah, for sure. Gotta love Hello Kitty. I had a Hello Kitty radio. I'm so sad I threw that out, but also it was just taking up room. I never used it. I I don't think that Hello Kitty was anything that like because like when well when I was a kid I was just like very much um like honestly my parents never really were too heavy about gender roles but I had a lot of internalized mm-hmm. like heteronormativity uh, and and cis normativity that I internalized within myself. Yeah. You know, my parents didn't enforce gender roles, um, but also were not necessarily aware of how to, like, educate me about that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, a lot of, like, uh, I, I, like, when I was a kid, like, I really enjoyed shit like Sailor Moon and, like, the fucking Spice Girls, um, and, uh, Hello Kitty sort of did fall into that a little bit, but, like, I shoved all that stuff away because I, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, closeted. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it's just sort of like interesting that like, you know, now I'm I'm fully fucking, you know, comfortable in my identity, fucking trans lesbian baby, they them, what up? But even though that like I explored this sort of stuff as a kid, now like that I am more comfortable with that, I still have like just like the same strong attachment that I developed towards I mean, well, uh, gothiness, punkiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, even though, you know, I'm more confident in my femininity now and more, like, happy and aware with with it, I also feel like the actual human person that I am now doesn't vibe with that aesthetic at all of, like, the, like, Hello Kitty, like, bright, you know, pink. Bubblegum fantasy bubblegum sort of yeah like for sure um like like at this point like i'm too far gone to even go pastel goth like i'm full goth yeah which also like side note like goth and punk were always appealing just because they're by their very nature very gender neutral yeah so hey uh but yeah it was just like interesting that like you know if i had been if i had like maybe more resources available to to as a kid of like trans identity and uh you know being more comfortable in the idea of of me being different than what i was assigned to be mm-hmm. that potentially i would totally be like a bubblegum like hyper feminine mm. hello kitty girl yeah i i think that's interesting yeah yeah Oh, gosh. I was pretty into Hello Kitty when I was younger, but I was just kind of into everything feminine. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, like, realizing that everything is gender neutral really is the, like... It's a blessing. It's a full blessing. Uh, <sighs> anyway. Hey, I just want to I just want to roll around. Roll around to Hello Kitty by Slater, but yeah. listen. I just like thinking about it. It's it's I was uh, I was thinking about bringing in a sure erotica song uh, because also hyper pop, but it's also a lot more sexual. And I was like, that's fine for me. And I know you don't like explicitly hate it, but it's not the energy I wanted to bring. <laughs> so I was kind of like, yeah, I like this song. It was supposed to be an a sure erotica song uh, for her. Um, I can't remember what album it is. Horny religious album. I don't know. Um, but uh, Slater took it when Aisha stopped making music a little while back because uh, they worked a lot together. I think it sounds really good. I think her voice sounds really nice on this track. But that's my yeah. song. Jupiter, I want to know what yours is. Oh, my song? You want to know what my song is this episode? Yes. Well, okay. So it's interesting. I, uh, I've i never been to a roller rink. Mm-hmm. Uh Sort of like, again, I think partially because of the, like, for a multitude of different reasons, uh, I I did not feel, like, super welcome going to those sorts of places. Uh, And not that they were even, like, crazy common, but, like, like, you know, like, for sure, like, people would, like, have parties or whatever in school uh, where... They would like go to fucking skating at rinks or whatever mm-hmm. or, or skate parks or what have you. Um, and I fully could have fallen in with that crowd. Uh, I do feel like I was at a distinct disadvantage in school being undiagnosed autistic and closeted queer. Mm-hmm. But I, I just never fell in with, uh, with that stuff. So I, I never really had the chance to actually go and i've really only like warmed up to the idea of going to those sorts of social spaces like now yeah <laughs> when we're in the middle of a pandemic and not that's not the an best option time, but yeah but like you know uh maybe when the outside world is safe again i'll actually want to go to these places yeah. and hell by that point you know i'll be far enough along in my transition that like i'll feel more comfortable about you know presenting myself in the way that i want to in those sorts of public spaces mm-hmm. but i have always had just mostly because of media had a like stronger association with roller derbies and punk yes and so that's the direction i sort of went in for for this one okay and the song that i am going to bring 
is Drive Your Car by L.A. Witch. Okay. Uh, L.A. Witch is a band that I learned about very recently. They are, as you might imagine, a Los Angeles-based punk band. Um, they do a lot of, like, uh, more, like, low-key, like, like, they're not, like, a heavy punk band. They're more of a, of a, like, more low-key punk band. But, like, it's all there. Uh, Mm -hmm. and this song, I don't know, I just feel like it, like, it captures, it captures a sort of rivals to lovers vibe. That I think is really appealing in a roller derby scenario. I'm very into that. So, without further ado, you know what? Let's give this song a little listen. Let's. So, so, what'd you think? I really enjoyed it. I'm glad, and I, I, I listened to this song for the first time like last night, uh, and then listened to it again just now, and it really it hit harder than it did last night. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is a good fucking song. It's really good. The the like the story that I'm imagining in my head. It's sort of um well first off I I the way I hear this song like I definitely get like the romance vibes even though I don't necessarily know 100% if it's the intention of the song but just for the purposes of the purposes of the theme hmm. um uh I haven't really done a full deep dive on the lyrics on this song uh I definitely get the romance vibe it for me it like it reads like as a as an asexual romance personally the story that I have in my head for this song is like super duper late night at the roller derby, like after like a a, a practice match or or maybe after a full exhibition or something like that. Uh, late night at the roller derby, all the, uh, all the people in the crowds have gone home. Um, if they were even there to begin with, uh, the like roller derby team has been practicing. On the, like, everyone else is either gone or, like, in the showers or just, like, like on their phone on a bench nearby or whatever, just sort of winding down. But on the f- track, there are two skaters still pushing each other. And it, the, like, connection that they feel on the rink, giving them the energy to push forward and maybe to try and like prove to the other person that they can, but something about it is so electric that they just keep going and it turns into this like raw expression of emotion through the skating, even like, you know, cause it is roller derby, like physically and like emotionally push each other in this like, in the in the like building up of emotions that realizes that it's more than just a rivalry more than just a more than just a skating rink yeah and e- even just by the like all drive your car being like the main like hook of the song i feel like really like fits into that of like revving each other up and just like like that you can have that like heightened emotion, have that heightened sense of connection, have that that physical spirit and that like expression of your body that is exhilarating in a non-sexual way, but is still strong, is still a powerful emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the song slows down, and I just sort of imagine these two rolling off towards a bench and just sort of collapsing on it and leaning on each other. Mm. And that's sort of how the song ends. 
and where the story sort of like fades away for me. Yeah. But, but this song just represents that like, that like electric moment at the start of a relationship of just realizing that you and this other person are alike and compatible in a way that is undescribable. I think that's a really fucking great image to evoke. And I can really clearly see, and because of like, you know, typical, um, like derby, uh, like a bowl sort of stadium, like them, like slowly, like coming down off the sides and meeting in like the middle and like holding mm-hmm. each other. I can like very clearly see it. I came up with a whole different narrative while I was listening to this song. <laughs> <laughs> I went on a soul journey. <laughs> For the, I don't know, two, three minutes that this song was. That just goes to show how evocative the song is, that you can, like, have that such a, like, a strong imagery to the song. Yeah. Like, and it be too, like, totally separate in, in two different people. But it's very much in part with you, because, like, if I listened to this independently of, like, the idea of roller derby, I probably would have had a different idea. But the idea sure. of this with roller derby, I, like, came up with a, a whole story. <laughs> it's like, whoa. I'm Love going to hear on a it. journey. Uh, my idea for this was like, also, I just feel so many emotions about roller derby. I know that we have talked about this before, but it's just so good and more people should appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But uh, my idea was like, these two girls used to be like childhood friends, sort of like became separated. One of them moved away. Uh, then like she comes back to their hometown. She's on a rival roller derby team. She's mm. known now as this like hard ass. She's the captain. Like she's a mean bitch. People are terrified of her. And she like, she's like very cocky. And she sees like this childhood friend. She's like, she knows that I'm actually like a nice person and I'm putting up this front. And like they, uh, instead of reigniting their friendship, they like clash and they, you know, uh, going against each other, they become rivals. And like over and over again, like they meet for like roller derby matches and like they have this relationship where like what I'm imagining is like the childhood friend that like stayed in the town, like gets too drunk one night after a game. And like the, uh, the other one is like the one that's like, I'm, gonna drive you home and like don't tell anyone that i'm like you know being nice to you but like for you you're the only person that i would do this for that i will be kind to you and i will stay there with you and like that's the moment where she's like i actually give a shit about this person still and i can't be Mm -hmm. mean all the time that's where my brain went i really like that i i really like that i i like i feel like i feel like no matter what it's it's really hard to not Picture this as a gay song. It's I. That's old punk. <laughs> I mean, for sure. Me. No, for real. Um, but just like, but yeah, but like, okay, but just by the fact that like the way that straight people like flirt with each other and think about romance and like verbalize their feelings is always very like yucky. Mm, yeah, for real. And it's just like, it's this, cause it's always just like so on the nose, cause they have no idea how to be subtle about anything. Mm-hmm. Because like subtlety is like, l- like literally not how they are taught to deal with anything. Yeah. But when queer people are expressing their feelings, it is, it comes from that place of repression so often. And, and I feel like there is something so evocative about the phrase and especially the way that they sing it of i'll drive your car yeah that really speaks on a very just 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 it just it's just it's just devotion it's it's, yeah it's subtlety it's like it is I'm giving you the world and, and you don't have to say anything. And in fact, please don't. This is just a moment for us to be ourselves. Because like the phrase like, oh, I'll drive your car. Like that's not a thing that people say to each other, really. No, <laughs> that's a bit. Yeah. Going on a road trip, I guess. I'll drive your car. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But like, that's like the one like, like you're not often in choice of which car you're no. driving. No. So it's obvious it's obvious symbolism it's obvious gay pining it's i'll do this your way it's uh, layers on layers 
Layers on layers. Hey, this song rules. This is a great it's, song. It fucking slaps. I feel like I'm going to listen to it immediately again as soon as the so- as the episode is over. I also felt like that. I'm your host, Andy. I hate most things, but I try not to let that get in the way of me enjoying my life. And I'm Evan. I love most things, and it really makes me enjoy my life. I'm Ronnie. On our podcast, Ending Pending, we talk about television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We're like canceled show investigators. That spells CSI. Yeah it's, yeah, it's like a bit. That's a bit. Yeah, it was like a joke yeah. there. We go episode by episode to find out what's working, what's not working, and where it all went wrong. And it's not just bad shows. Sometimes we do really good shows. Yeah, like Kings. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. That's yeah, really, really good. And The Quest. Ooh, love The Quest. Yes. Good choice. Excellent good choice. show. And Selfie. Oh, no, no. No, Ryan, no? no. That no, was a bad selfie. one. That was, that was, oh. yeah, it was real bad. We didn't like that. You can catch new episodes every Wednesday on LunarLightStudio.com or wherever you download your podcasts. Ending pending. Is it working for you? Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Miles. Hi, Jupiter. Do you, do you want to do, do you want to do a little spin? <laughs> do a little tail spin? Yeah, well, you could, you could, you could spin yourself, but maybe you could spin the wheel too. Also, if you insist, <laughs> follow your heart. Is all I'm saying is follow your heart, follow your passions, follow your dreams. Uh, re- just exist in in the way that you feel is best for you. Thank you. I will spin the wheel though. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good because we do have a format. <laughs> we do. Oh my god! <laughs> all right, here we go. Okay. Okay. Yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right. I've actually been I feel jamming. Like- <laughs> I've been, I, every time. I know, every time. <laughs> every time. Every time we sit in the wheel. It's a, we, it's we don't need a- to say. We don't need to say. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've actually been jamming to this song uh, a fair amount recently. Hell yeah. So, my... I was about to say Wheel of Fortune. That's not it. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune. Ah. Uh, the song that I landed on was Venus by Anais Mitchell. Oh, okay. For sure. Haven't had her on for a little bit. Not for a grip. I, I know the name, cannot remember a single thing about her. She's the one that did Hades Town. That is fair. Oh, right. Yeah, for sure. Gotcha. Yes. Right. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Let's, uh, let's, fi- I mean, speaking of some gay subtext, let's get into it. <laughs> sure. So, what did you think? I mean, yeah, that's that's gay subtext right there. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've googled is a nice Mitchell gay because <laughs> <laughs> every time I forget, and each time the answer is we don't know. But hmm, <laughs> sometimes I'll listen to an Anais Mitchell song and I'll think, hmm, lesbians would really like this. <laughs> cottage cottage girl lesbians would really enjoy this sound. <sighs> I I mean yeah it's like I mean it's it's I'll go ahead and say fully not my vibe mm-hmm. but uh but yeah I mean like shit it's like it's just like a really like nice song it's like I don't know, I mean I'm gonna be honest from like my my point of view like where I'm at as a human being right now acoustic guitar feels like it's just like every time it shows up it's like oh yeah I mean I know what that sounds like for sure. But yeah, it's just like, is this just like, you, you sort of imagine Anais Mitchell's just sort of like sitting on like a stone fence overlooking the ocean on like this hilly town, just sort of singing to the wind to her like long 
gone lover who she'll hope will return. I know. I always imagine like um like a, a sort of like old timey village uh like around the bonfire dancing sort of moment. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Very sunshiny and also yeah, very lo-fi in that it's all very like acoustic-y instruments and stuff. Is it appropriate to call acoustic music lo-fi? I don't know. I said it. I don't Yeah. I, I could have I gotta be honest with you, I don't know the difference between lo-fi and hi-fi music. Is there hi-fi music? Let's get into it. <laughs> let's let's dive into this. Okay, let's what see. What is hi-fi? Uh, <laughs> I believe it's a television show. Um, no, that's hi-fi. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, lo-fi. This is a Wikipedia page. Didn't really need a whole Wikipedia uh-huh. page, but that's fine. Lo-fi is a musical production quality in which elements are usually regarded as imperfections of a recording or performance are audible, sometimes as a deliberate oh. aesthetic choice. I didn't know that that was the definition. I definitely did not know that. That is, I guarantee you, that is not what, because, like, that's not what people mean when they, like, put, like, lo-fi beats to chill to uh, in their YouTube fucking like thing like yeah uh, i think they just mean like when people think see lo-fi i think they think low energy Mm. like naturalistic no i think of more naturalistic but i think of more like ah like small production bedroom pop sort of stuff i guess Okay, by the nature of, like, showcasing imperfections and, like, having that naturalistic vibe, does lo-fi really ap- apply to electronic music, which, by its very nature, is deliberately planned out? Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't think so. But what would you consider high-fidelity music? Because if, so, lo-fi is, like, there's some imperfections there, it's kind of loosey-goosey. High-fidelity, I guess... I mean, there is some electronic music that is a little bit more loosey-goosey, but I feel like, apart from electronic music, how do you become hi-fi? A, a hi-fi acoustic song mm. <laughs> would probably be something like um, like Radiohead or something like that. Of like, mm. Radiohead is generally acoustic music, but is like very deliberate and... Yeah, I guess. Orchestrated in a very, like, particular way that doesn't, like, necessarily, like, feel like it has the aesthetic of imperfection. Yeah. Yeah. Manufactured. Anyway. (laughs) This has been our little music philosophy (laughs) corner. I guess, yeah. So, uh, Venus is from uh, Anais's album, uh, Young Man in America, from 2012. That's sort of, uh, according to Genius Lyrics, I never, like, look up the meanings of, like, people's albums unless it's, like, I don't know, more apparent, um, because I didn't realize there was a theme, you know, is that the theme is sort of, like, uh, exploring the push and pull of familial relationships, uh, which I think is interesting. Don't know if it really applies to this one because it feels a bit more romantic to just to me. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know her maybe intentions, it, but maybe it does more in context. Yeah. 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 Just depends. But yes. So listening to this song is like the more you, the more it goes through, it's like, okay, okay, okay. I think you're in love with this woman. And I, I think she's talking about the goddess, but I like to think it's just a woman named Venus because I love that. I feel like any woman named Venus is immediately more powerful than average. Absolutely. 100% agree. Um, but yeah, just like this very mystical language, like I can imagine like a, uh, a party, like at a bar or something and seeing this woman walk in that's like, you know, long flowing curly hair and just like totally effervescent and like talking to everyone is really charismatic and everything and just. Like the lines also like tall. she came. I'm imagining. I'm imagining her as being tall. Well, yeah, it says she's carved out of marble, tall and fair. So that is. Oh fair. well, there you go. Um, I love the line. Her heart is a temple, and lover, you better kneel if you ever enter there. Big bottom energy. <laughs> okay, but here's what I will. I will say one point. I this was obviously. I mean, this is fucking 2012. But I feel like uh, we as a society need to fully ditch the word fair. 
when when yes. talking about anybody's looks or or beauty or yeah. whatever. No, 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 I I hard agree for sure, yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah. But beyond that, yeah, like yeah, like fully, like yeah, just like you can totally imagine, just like this, like small town girl, like meet. I'm sort of now. I'm sort of imagining like Venus as being this like traveling like merchant or something that just like came through Ooh. the town Ooh. and <laughs> v- and her and this like small town girl had like a like like a week together that was really incredible and like just amazing by all accounts but yeah. they both had their commitments to other places yeah and couldn't make any promises but like now the like character as played by Anise Mitchell is like just longing for her return, even though it's uncertain if that will ever happen. Yeah, yeah, completely. It's very yeah. It it's like she's just going around the country, just making women realize that they like other women. It's <laughs> it's it, it, that's the feeling. That's the tea. Hell yeah, I like it. Like oh, I mean, my favorite. And I'm sure other people will, if they listen to this, will like it. Is the lines just Venus laughing, Venus singing, Venus moaning? Oh my goddess! Like that is. There's no way sexual. That is. There's no way that's not fucking gay. I'm sorry, but there is no fucking way. Yeah, like it's so much. <laughs> okay, unless. Unless we're supposed to be, the song is supposed to be pr- from the perspective of the titular young man in America. Maybe, but it just feels gay. Yeah. Like, this isn't how guys talk about women that, I mean, some, I guess, I'm generalizing, but, you know, you For know sure. what I mean. It's a, a gay energy. It's the appreciation. It's yeah. the worship. It's the mutual, like, you are opening something inside me of like emotions and ideas and creativity and like mm-hmm. birds and love that I feel like I'm waking up for the first time. I don't know. I find it so funny or not, not even funny, just interesting. I say the word funny to mean interesting a lot of times. I getcha. I find it really interesting how like how worship is such a strong part of like your love languages. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's super duper not for me. And what? <laughs> what are you saying? I'm not saying anything in particular. I'm just saying that, like, that, like, it's fully super duper not a judgment or anything. I just think that, like, it's it's interesting that that is such a, like, important part of of love language to you because it's super duper not for me and i don't know it's just like i find it very interesting queer people really do express their love in such a multitude of different ways that like that mean different things to different people and different things are important and it's and i think it just like like you're like you were saying about the song is that like Straight culture does not think about romance in any way but one particular way. Yeah. There is very little, like, outside dynamics from the the regular one that they have. Yeah. And, like, straight people's love languages are the ones that they were told to have and might not actually fit with their actual wants and desires and needs yeah like get flowers for your girlfriend cook and clean for him do what he asks you to do you know like tradition things and maybe your wife doesn't like flowers but you do it anyway and she doesn't say anything about it because it's a nice gesture she just doesn't really give a shit right it's like fail (laughs) romance as depicted by straight culture and and I, and I may be being more specific than I need to, but I, I, you know, I don't necessarily want to generalize 100% because honestly, a lot of straight people are trapped in a prison of well, yes. not even their design, just the yeah. like culture's design. Yeah, fully. A lot like relationships in straight culture are not always dependent on love and are more dependent on ownership. 
Yeah. There's more of the concept of like being the breadwinner and being more like who is dependent on the other one. Like, or, yeah. or even like, even if it is more egalitarian in the structure of like, it is more expected that both partners will provide for the house in some way. Mm. Although that like comes from capitalistic exploitation, of course. Like the requirement that there be two incomes coming in to to support a family when really it should be no incomes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but yeah, it's just like even if it is more egalitarian, it still is like there is this like cultural idea of like belonging to someone. Yeah, and you might like belong to each other, but it's still like it's like mutual ownership. Yeah, and like. You know, I have exclusive right to to yourself and your body and everything that you do must be filtered through me, even yeah. subconsciously. Yeah, completely. And that is bananas. <laughs> it sure is. And it leads to a lot of bad, bad dynamics in people. Like, like people who are like, oh, I can't hang out with my friends because my boyfriend said no. Hey, they're your friends. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck him. It's like, it's not even like, and this isn't even circling around to me being like, to like me talking about uh, uh, polyamory. All roads go to polyamory. Well, like, it is 100% valid, and I myself am polyamorous, and like, is as valid as monogamous relationships. But like, you know, polyamory is not the band-aid solution for relationships. No, it takes way more communication. But, like, just to say that you can have monogamous relationships that aren't centered around the concept of ownership. Mm-hmm. And I feel that a lot of people fail that idea. Yeah. I think it even goes back to, like, you know, when people used to buy, like, from their fathers, their wives, like, giving goats for marriage. And then even, like, how people address letters, like, to Mr. and Mrs. John Smith. That's not her name. (laughs) Nope. If you're both named John Smith, that's a- Never date anyone with your name. (laughs) Honestly, I don't understand how people date each other with- Like, fucking (laughs) cis white gay boys will will 100% be named John and then date another man named John. I know. I t- my mom has um several lesbian friends. I think like there's three that are named. I think I'll just say Joan, and two of the Jones are dating each other. And mom's like, I d- fuck you, <laughs> fuck off. I'm t- <laughs> I don't want to deal with this. Back when I spent literally any time on dating apps, which is a mistake, and I have since <laughs> uh, uh, rectified that. Sure. But uh, when when I was I, um, uh, whenever, you know, I saw somebody with my, like, unique name, even though it's just like, like, oh, cool, like, there's someone else named my name, that's cool, and, you know, my name is pretty unusual, so that's cool. I would always 100% say no to them, yep. swipe, swipe, right, because this is like, we gotta, we gotta live separate lives. We yes. gotta live separate lives. Yes. I'm so sorry, but I can't do this with you. Yeah. I, I don't need to create the fucking Jupiter squad. <laughs> create the Sailor Scouts. Oh my god. Actually, a fucking- <laughs> Polyamorous group of lesbians that are all named after the Sailor Scouts. <laughs> that, honestly- The Solar System. The Solar Sisters. <laughs> the Sisters. I said system. I know you said system. <laughs> but you like sisters. I just- well, okay, if they're called the Solar Sisters, then they, then I'm not comfortable with them being a polycule, but... Yeah, that sounds more like a musical group. It does sound more like a musical group. Hey, ha- are we ready to, like, end the episode or what? Yeah, we just kind of going off. <laughs> oh my goodness. It happens. Hey, Miles. Hi! Uh, well, first off, I want to go ahead and, uh, and thank... Uh, Marble Cantus at Marble Cantus on Twitter and Twitch for, uh, being the spooky voice in our intro. You can, uh, you can find us on, uh, on Twitter at Arcus Pod. Um, you can leave us a review, uh, at, uh, at iTunes or, uh, Pod Chaser. Uh, we, we do check those. And Miles. Jupiter. I, 
I have a theme for you that will not require you bringing a song. Okay. It's more, it's less of a theme and more of a project. Uh Uh-huh. So, I want us together to, instead of bringing two songs, to mutually focus on one song. Uh Uh-huh. The idea that I have, the theme, if you will, is to to fully do our best at unpacking the lyrics of an Aesop Rock song. Okay. Now, Aesop Rock is a uh, a rapper that we that I really enjoy and every time that I've brought him to the show, you really enjoy. Yeah, I've dug him. And he is known for having a really like complex like lyrics that are metaphor layered on top of metaphor that just like interweave in a way that is more that when listening to it it's just like you listen to it like you know several dozen times and each time you pick out a new thing Mm -hmm. and i thought that it would be fun to really like go in and do like something that we haven't really done in a while which is really dive into the lyrics of a song and really try and unpack the meaning and the symbolism and the metaphor. Okay. So I thought that would be really fun to do that with Aesop Rock. And I have not picked the song yet. Okay, we'll figure that out. Uh, I want us to have no prep time, so we'll just start (laughs) the episode and listen to the song and start unpacking. Okay. Some some English major poetry analysis for everyone. A hundred percent. I thought it would be fun. Yeah, I'm into it. The stipulation that I want to put on this is that we're not allowed to look up anything. We're just we're just going to have our own interpretation. Like we're not going to look up anybody else's lyric analysis. Sure, sure, sure. Like we're not trying to find the correct. Yeah, no clicking uh, on the highlighted text on genius lyrics and and yeah, hundred percent. Okay, yeah, got it. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I haven't picked out the song yet. I have a couple of ideas. Um, but yeah, find out, uh, find out next episode. Both you at home and, uh, you, uh, who is Miles. Me who is Miles, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Artificial Ghost Radio. And we will see you when we see you. See you, Space Cowboys. How many episodes have we done that have ended with you saying, see you, Space Cowboys? Uh, how many episodes have we done? Uh, depends on how you count it. <laughs> like 70? About 80. <laughs> I think 80 of the episodes. 80 of the 70 episodes? Yeah. Yes. <laughs>